0: Hello. This is the Fight Back Podcast, hosted by exercise scientist Georgia Vary. Here you'll find a series of honest conversations about martial arts and mental health. My guests and I explore the statement that every martial artist has heard. Martial arts saved me. How and why do combat sports save people? Listen to find out. Mish, welcome to the Fight Back podcast. Uh, As I said, just offline, I'm super excited to have you on and to get into this conversation. So everyone, I met Mish through Absolute MMA. She is an NLP, and integration coach, life coach, um, an amazing human being, um, and a pretty savage, badass blue belt on the mat. So we're going to get into all of those things. But um, yeah, Mish, can you elaborate on that a little bit for everyone?
1: Oh wow, God! What an intro. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know how savage I was on the mat. Um, mm. Lucky, lucky keeps me pretty humble at home these days. <laughs> um, uh, as for the coaching side of things, yeah, just something that I've always kind of wanted to do. And since everything's been going on in the world recently, it gave me a lot more time to, you know, look internally and decide if I was really happy with what I was doing with life and yeah, made the shift and I've never looked back. It's, I, you know, it doesn't feel like work if you love what you do and that's actually a thing. (laughs) Who knew, right? People were preaching for so long and it's actually true.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So you've got so many different angles to be able to look at this question. The, like the key crux of what the fight back podcast is about now, which is Mm -hmm. why do you think people always say martial arts saved me?
1: Honestly, I think martial arts saves a lot of people because it gives them probably three key things, Mm -hmm. right? Those three key things are, one is structure, right? A lot of people, it doesn't matter what background of your life that you have, um, most people, and, you know, like we we do have some sort of structure, but after we leave school, when when we go to work or, you know, we have our own personal lives, we try and run around ragged doing absolutely everything. And, you know, I think martial arts gives people that structure. Uh, it gives them a timetable to work off. It gives them, you know, this is, these are the essential skills that you need to get to level up. If you if, if that's what you want, um, gives them moves that they need to learn. Right. So there's a structure portion of it. It also teaches them discipline. Right. So discipline is... If you don't learn a move or a, you know, a st- like if you do stand up, you need to learn how to move your hips. You need to learn how to move your shoulders. You need to learn how to protect yourself. If you're on the mats, you need to learn how to. You also need to learn how to move your hips. You also <laughs> need to learn how to do a multitude of different things. But it doesn't come naturally, right? Everything comes with practice, and it doesn't matter if you do it ten times, you'll be like, I'm just not getting it. Like your brain doesn't work that way. You need to fucking do it a lot more, mm-hmm. right? So it teaches them discipline to keep coming back to, you know, teaches them to have that grit mentality. And the third thing that I think it gives people is respect because we meet people from all different walks of life on the mats. and it teaches us to respect one another. And whether or not that saves people's lives, I think you meet people from different backgrounds who everyone gives on the mat. I don't give a fuck who you are. Like every single person that you train with, whether they're a fresh white belt, they're coming in and they're giving themselves to you. They're giving you their trust and they're saying, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I'm looking to you as a leader. I'm looking to you as someone who's going to look after me and teach me, right? I'm looking to you as a teacher. It teaches you to respect your coach. Like if everyone in the class didn't respect their coach and shut up while they're talking, we wouldn't learn anything right? It also teaches you to respect the higher belts because if you don't, they will fuck you up. Oh,
0: so true. <laughs> so that's
1: that's my take on things, like why martial arts saves people. I think it gives them elements of life that they, don't, they haven't known that they needed to look for, but they're the keys to success and growth in life.
0: Yeah, the a structure came up in our last episode actually with Chloe, who's a researcher. Mm-hmm. So she mm. looked at how karate can be used to help break down gender. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting that that one keeps coming back up and up again. It's funny how some people kind of say like they don't need structure or want structure, but we all want to have some kind of like thing to follow progression. Oh yeah, to, able to track. Um, and what about you? So why, let's start at the start. Why did you start jujitsu?
1: Sorry, my video just gone shit. Am I back? Have I got you? Not yet. Sorry, babe. No, you're oh, right. I should have reception. The worst thing about being here, the only bad thing about <laughs> being here is the reception. Come on. I can hear you. Oh there you, oh, there you are.
0: There you are. I got you. Beautiful.
1: Uh, why do I think... I'm so why sorry, did, you start,
0: ahead, why did you start, why did you start jujitsu? Great question.
1: Um, <laughs> I thought you might've asked me this and I started thinking about it this morning when I jumped into the, my cold shower. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started initially because um, a guy that I used to work with, he was actually my boss at the time. His name is Cameron Byrne. I'm pretty sure he's a Brown belt now, but he's just, He's an awesome dude. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I was telling him about something that happened to me in the past. So, um, one of my ex partners beat the living fuck out of me, put me in hospital a couple of times. Um, and I was just telling Cameron like this story because basically why I started like looking after myself and, you know, cut the shit and just went, no, like basically went, no, not anymore. Um, dropped all this weight, started training, started looking after myself like mentally and physically. And Cameron heard my like I told him like because I'm pretty open Mm. if you haven't noticed about everything. And oh my god, I love you so much. You're the best. Dude, this is service.
0: Whoa. This is (laughs) actually service,
1: right? Um Um, Patrick (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lockwood. Um and I was telling him about this and he was like, Oh my God, Mish, like I can't believe you went through that really compassionate person. And he said, look, you don't have to take me up on this, but I actually helped run a course for women, um, a women's self-defense thing. He said, I've been training jujitsu for, I don't even know how long, but it was a long amount of time to have respect for him. And he's like, You don't have to, but I would love to spend a Saturday afternoon, just one-on-one. You don't have to come to a class, just come down. I want to share some techniques with you to help you so that if you're ever in that situation again, that will never, ever, ever happen to you. And then um, as soon as we, as soon as I went down there, get this, I was wearing short shorts, Georgia,
2: short shorts.
1: (sighs) And he says to me, he's, he's like, okay, now I want you to sit on top of me. And I was like, what? <laughs> You're my boss. <laughs> what? <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, yeah you, like, just just sit on top of me. And he did the trap and roll, right? Because he asked me, he said to me, what happened to you? Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, before I passed out, before the police showed up, right, My like, I was having my head bashed against some tiles, blood mm-hmm. going everywhere, could literally feel, like, blood on my face. Fuck. And this guy had, you know, he had his hands around my phone, he was choking me. Right. And I don't know if you've ever been choked by somebody like that or, you know, before. Like, we've all been choked in jujitsu. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you've ever gone out before. Yeah. But, you know, one time Sarah, zero. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you see all those black dots? Start to off.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Cam's like, explain to me what happened. Oh, my God, dude. I love you. Thanks, look. Um, and he says to, and you know, I just had this vision and Cameron said, to, like, he asked me what happened. I told him that. And he's like, fucking hell me. And she's like, lay down. He sat on top of me and he told me how to trap and roll. And I just burst into tears. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I... George, it took me, it took me three weeks for my eyes to not be bloodshot because the blood vessels in my eyes and my face, like when you get choked out properly like that, yeah. because you're, because of how much strain it puts on your, on your body and your blood vessels, like you have blood vessels break in your face. Mm-hmm. Right. And so my whole face looked like, I don't know, like, like just covered in red, like yeah. all these little red spots in my eyes. Mm-hmm. It took weeks to recover. So like I'm laying there just like, are you fucking kidding me like that that's all I had to do to get out of that situation and I'm I'm a human being and I don't even know how to defend myself I was like this is not fucking good enough right this isn't good enough and more women like I have a responsibility as a future leader for women to know how to fucking defend myself and he said to me he's like look I think he did really well, Mish. Like he took to it naturally. He was probably bullshitting, but it made me feel confident. Yep, yep. And he's like he's like, Oh, you know, I think you're really naturally good at it. I run a class every Monday night. I'm trying to get my sister. I already knew his sister. And he said, I'm trying to get my sister and some of her friends to come. You're super friendly and like, you know, I think you'd be really good to come down. You'd be a really good addition to the group. And I was like, Oh, look, you fed my ego well enough. I'll come down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I went down and, yeah, I I never looked
0: back. Never looked back. That is crazy as a story. I think there are a few bits of that that are just nuts. Like a very risky move by him, I think. I guess your personality type and the way I guess you would have responded to something like that is Different to the average person, maybe, but like no one could have blamed you if he had to put you into a situation like that close quarters, especially when it was that fresh and you would have just freaked out and been like flashbacks, reliving it like that. Oh, dude, all the trauma responses um, and hated him forever. So, oh, fuck no, no way, man. Like,
1: I think, I think you've got to, when you introduce people to martial arts, especially people who have gone through a significant amount of trauma, mm-hmm. you have to prepare them, you know, like you've mm-hmm. got to and you have to also that there's this is dichotomy, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to know the person enough to want to help them, but you've also got to know the person enough to know that they're teachable or able to be helped. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a very there's a very thin line. But I don't know, man. Like after it happened, honestly mm-hmm. dude, like the day after it happened, oh, I had to go to court. Mm-hmm. It was it the day after a couple of days after it was the day after I got it out of hospital. Yeah. And I had to go to court to like have a, to do like a full intervention. I'm not sure if you've ever had to do anything like that, but when you have an intervention mm-hmm. against someone, yeah, mm-hmm. you have to like, you have to go to court straight away. And I'm sitting in this court uh, like, and you have an interview right before mm-hmm. you go to court and I'm, you know, cause I was super embarrassed. Like I had two black eyes, like my eyes were fucking closed and mm-hmm. I don't know. I like, I was super obsessed with my appearance at the time. Yeah. Um, and I was just, and yeah, I used all this makeup and, um, I walked into this, um, little interview room and this police woman was the one who was interviewing me and she looked at my case and she looked at me and she was like, I can see the marks on your neck. I can still see the bruises and the cuts on your neck. And she's like, why the fuck did you wear makeup? And I was like, because I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want people to stare at me. And she said, you need to take all that off and you need to let everyone know what the fuck he did. She was like, you have a responsibility to other women. She said he could come into another woman's life and up until that point, every cop that I'd spoken to was like, no, nah, you know, you don't want to go through the court system. You just want to move on, blah, 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 which is mm-hmm. true, like, to a certain extent. You don't want to drag it out because it fucking does drag it out. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I found out that day he'd done that to eight other women. Fuck. And none of them had press charges.
2: mm mm-hmm.
1: Right? And I was like, I don't know that what I did or following through and don't get me wrong. Like I definitely, I, I played a part in it all. Like it's like the way it played out was definitely not what I had a thought, but you know, at the time I definitely played a part in, in things escalating to that point. But at the time, yeah, as soon as, as soon as I went to court and when I was in court the next day, like the judge looked at me and he was like, um, what do you say he's he's like oh you know um so we're setting up this this restraining order for life like they stripped Mm -hmm. him of his gun license they stripped him of a couple of other like weapons and arms things that he had Mm -hmm. and they're like you know are you sure that you want this for life and I was like I'm fucking sure like I said this on the stand like and I started laughing I'm like dude I'm sure and one of my friends like because you know like afterwards I was just like Like I just wanted to move on. Like, and whether that was a coping mechanism or, you know, whatever it was at the time. Yeah. And one of my girlfriends is in, she came with me as a support. Her name's Emma. She's been on one of my podcasts before. Beautiful person. Right. She came with me and she started laughing because she's like, she, she knows my humor. And I'm like, I'm sure, right? She starts kissing herself, laughing like, "Oh my god, me!" And the judge full on shames her and goes, "I don't think this is something to laugh." At. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Poor
1: Emma. But like, I've always been. After something happens,
2: mm-hmm. I'll
1: have a mo- I'll have a moment, or you know, like I've like this is part of what I do. So, at the time when things happen your subconscious mind will literally say to you you, whether you can or can't deal with it right now. And if you can't, so if your body's healing, you've gone through like a lot of trauma, your body will literally push things down. Your subconscious mind will push things down. And it's like, I've got you, you're okay. Everything's going to be fine. And when you're okay to deal with this, that's when I'll bring it up. And so I think at the time, like I just, yeah, I, I could just push it down. And then when Cameron asked me, if I wanted to start training jujitsu, it didn't like, I started crying after I realized, you know, like how simple it would have been to defend myself, but not, not because it brought up anything. It was just, I was so fucking annoyed at myself or so annoyed that I'd let myself get so comfortable with life that I didn't even know how to defend myself. Like that was offensive to me. It was, it, it fucked with my head. It made me go to training, changed my life, man.
0: How long ago was that? Oh, shit.
1: Maybe maybe five years ago. Okay. Yeah, about five years ago. Yeah, uh, good times.
0: Yeah, and since then, like what's your jujitsu jitsu journey been like?
1: Oh, look, to be honest, um, a lot of ego, a lot of arrogance. Um, I was lucky. Oh, I'm not lucky. I don't like the word luck, because um, I think luck says that things are like it's just yeah oh yeah that might happen. Mm-hmm. Luck, I don't I don't like to believe in luck. I am grateful enough that I had the right people come across my path mm-hmm. who definitely steered me in the right direction. Um, yeah, I started off initially at Perkins Jiu Jitsu in Nunawading mm-hmm. at Hammonds. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where Cameron, that's where Cameron trained. That's where he, um, that's where he, he taught a lot of his classes and, you know, I wanted to be loyal to him. So I mm-hmm. started there and then he went overseas. I stayed on. And then, um, just with my time frame and schedule, I needed to, I needed to start training mornings. And at the time my relationship was kind of suffering and my partner was like, you can't, train weights every single morning or go running every single morning and then every single night after work you're going to jiu-jitsu he's like where where do I fit in and I was like mm, that's pretty fair right mm-hmm. that's fair so something had to give so I looked around at different like at different um, jiu-jitsu academies that trained in the morning mm-hmm. absolute came highly recommended one of my friends had just moved over there yep. from Perkins and I was like yeah, stuff it. Had no idea. Started training mornings with Craig Jones. Just <laughs> just casual Craig Jones. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, this seems pretty cool. Um, and I was so, oh, it was so funny. Like, I was so nervous going in. Mm. So nervous. And they were the nicest bunch of guys. I'm still friends with all of them, actually. Um, I just recently did a podcast with one of the guys that I met on the first day that I was there, Adrian. Mm-hmm. He... He helped me a lot, a lot. Um, also a lot of the girls there, specifically Brooke Butler, um, mm-hmm. Lena, yeah, Lena Giselle, um, really good support. And we were all morning crew people, right? Mm-hmm. So we all had later commitments in the day. So we would just train every single morning. It was, yeah, it was really cathartic to get in there and like, you know, really hammer each other in the mornings, And then... Um, I changed jobs, Mm -hmm. so I needed to, and this is so funny, I changed jobs and I went to leave absolute Mm -hmm. because I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like I need to be, so the secret to like life working is integration, right? Okay. Um, Which is what I do. So try and make sure, you know, that you work where you live or you live where you or live close to where you work so there's not a huge gap. Mm -hmm. And also find a place where you can train and be consistent. Mm -hmm. any of the places that I tried around where I lived, I was like, nah, not at all. I just, Mm -hmm. I I didn't, you know, you know what it's like when you Mm -hmm. come into a new martial arts school and it doesn't matter what martial arts you're doing. If you don't vibe with the teachers or with the tribe there, it's never going to work because your subconscious mind's like, I don't want to
2: go back there.
1: I know Mm -hmm. I like to be consistent, but I don't want to go back there. So um, I drove all the way into the city after work. Because I was mm-hmm. living out in Oakley at the time. Yep. And I, April was on the front desk, and I was like, "Hey," and she's she like, "I thought you left Absolute." And I was like, "Well, I think I need to come back." And she's like, "Okay." <laughs> she's, <laughs> like, she's like, "We won't make you pay the joining fee." Like, you know, she hooked me up, and then I walked yeah. into the class, and I walked up to Tiago, and I was like, "Hey, Tiago. Um, so I've decided I'm going to start training here now." Um, I used to train and he knew I used to train or I don't know he, he seemed like he knew that I used to train at um, St Kilda mm-hmm. and I was like is it okay if I join in here and he's like Mish we love you you're always welcome here and I was like yes, of course it
0: yeah uh, I think it's such an important thing that keeps coming up to with choosing a martial arts school um, you know for everyone who listens to the podcast with trauma who's looking at like a way to escape through martial arts that has tried one place and it didn't stick, or mm-hmm. one place one time stuck and that other places subsequently haven't, and you think it's you, it's not you. It's the school. Like definitely, so keep trying and like figuring out where is the right place for you. It's what do you reckon? Find, it's just
1: finding out. Well, look, there's two parts to. Oh, speaking of, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, um,
0: we I should go. That's like, for sure
1: right? Kickbacks for sure. Sponsorship. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think there's, there's two sides to that coin. Mm-hmm. So one side is it's finding the school and people that you can vibe with. Yeah. But the other side is also something that I've just focused on recently. I've been mm-hmm. doing this uh, a program by a guy named Ty Lopez. Okay. Right. He's a multi, multi-billionaire, very successful entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that you want to kind of learn from, right? We want yep. good role models, good, um, good mentors.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And in one of the last videos that I watched the past few days, he talked about, um, you know, people say that they can't find mentors and they can't find teachers. And he's like, I'm going to give you a reality check here. He's like, you're a student of life. Mm-hmm. You are a student of life so it's your responsibility as a student of life not to find the perfect teacher but it's your job to discern and decipher their message right if you you can if you spend so much time looking for the right teacher you'll waste so much time of your life right mm-hmm. but if you put your ego aside and you go okay i'm in this situation what can i learn from it I'm in front of this person, what can I learn from them, right? Instead of always going, I want to talk, 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 which I'm mm-hmm. doing a lot of today. But You're
0: being interviewed, so it's
1: fine. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. I have an excuse. <laughs> but if you want to, it, it's people who talk so much that don't get to learn as much. They will struggle with their learning. So this is his concept. And I've been, you know, for the past couple of weeks, I've been doing interviews every single day, mm-hmm. right? And there, with people that are within my what I would call my social circle,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, um, people that we train with,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I was, and not in a bad way, I was so ashamed of myself because I'd trained with these people for the best part of two to three years, and I didn't know enough about them, you know, and I learned so much from spending just one hour shutting the fuck up and actually listening to these people, allowing them the space and time to speak. And I was just like, "How I can't believe how amazing all these people are. I can't believe how incredible all of their individual stories are. And it's not just one person, it's, it's so many, Georgia. And we, we we spend so much time on the mats with these people, right? And instead of trying to learn something from them, I think I spent too much time talking and not listening. And I think that if we applied that concept to whether it be a, a martial arts professor, right, someone could walk in who has a very different personality and mindset from me and say go to, go to Lockie Giles' class, right, world-class, world-class teacher. Right. Or go do a class with Liv and be like and and they are world class athletes. Okay. You can't take that away from them. Tiago is a world class athlete. We can have people that come into those schools and be like, nah, he's shit. Or she she's she's no good. or she's not a good teacher. Like, you know, you should hear the way she speaks. It's like it's not the person who's speaking, it's you, it's the person on the receiving end. There has to be some sort of accountability for our own learning and the messages that we receive and what we hear because what we hear and what someone else is trying to convey are two very different things. And it's part of our growth and, and being students of life. It's part of our responsibility Mm. to, to take what you can. I'm not saying like take on board everything that every person says, right? You've got to take the good with the bad, but you have to, you know, take everything with a grain of salt, do what works for you. But it's, it's having enough humility Mm -hmm. to listen to those people, you know, like, like how fucking arrogant are you? Like, and I was arrogant. I Mm -hmm. was arrogant. I will hands down say, I was an arrogant little bitch, you know, like I thought I was like, Oh, you know, no, no, they're not a good teacher. I'm not getting that from them, you know, all through school, man. Mm -hmm. Like I had some people who dedicated their lives to teaching people, to educating. What did I get from them? I got what I wanted from them or what I chose to get from them.
0: What's your practice now to keep that front of mind? Is it like a thing that you meditate on in the morning? Do you have little prompts around to be like, shut up and listen? Like, is there a process for bringing more of that into your day to day? I have sticky notes around the house at the moment when I'm Mm -hmm. trying to learn a new
1: skill Mm -hmm. at at first I was super self-conscious. I was like, Oh man, Loki's going to be like, who am I dating? What is this going on? And he was actually, he was so supportive because when I'm trying to practice something and I'm trying to bring something to the front of my mind, Mm -hmm. you know, like humility. um, I've I've been working big on judgment and letting Mm -hmm. go of judgment. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, like if, if I'm trying to let go of things, I have to have it in front of mind. Specifically, so when COVID started, Lockie and I were like, oh, you know, we should train with each other, blah, 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 blah. We trained with each other probably about five or six times. And after every single training session, I found a reason why he was hurting me and he was, you know, you're not helping me, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. Mm-hmm he may have been doing all of those things, but I probably wasn't listening enough and mm-hmm. I was letting my own ego get in the way. And I thought I had, I had a long think about it. I think, yeah, I, I did meditate and I was like, you have the opportunity of a lifetime to like, lucky had paid for, I don't know if you've ever seen that. The Keenan Cornelius lapel series, the lapel encyclopedia.
0: I haven't seen it, but yeah, an instructional. That'd be a good one. Dude, dude. Yeah, yeah, right. So he's
1: he's a world-class athlete, champion. Yeah. Um, Lucky paid a lot of money for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, I don't want to learn it, right? Like I cracked the shits and I was like, I don't want to do that because it wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then I went home and I meditated, and this is before we were living together. And I was yeah. like, you know, like he doesn't even want to train with me. He's just selfish, blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, hang on. Hang on, you're being selfish. You know, jujitsu is all about leave your ego off the mat. Mm-hmm. Where was my ego? My ego was very present on the mat and I was like, fuck, fuck. And so the next day, I got to Lockie's house and I was like, hey baby, um, do you want to train jiu-jitsu? And he's like, he's like, oh, yeah. And I could see like he was he wanted to train, but he was like, he knew that I was like, it was just difficult for us at the time. And I, Mm -hmm. and I said to him, I know I've been difficult. I know that things have been difficult. I didn't like, you know, he was being difficult too, but that wasn't the time for me to point it out. That's Mm -hmm. not, is that, and I knew that wasn't going to help the outcome that I was trying to achieve. So I said to him, you know, and we can do the lapel stuff. And he was like, really? He's like, yeah. All right, let's set up the mats. And he like, you know, like he gets out. And at the time, like, I didn't, I think I left my blue belt At um, Doug and Susie's, because I Mm -hmm. because I'd been training with Susie a bit,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and he was like, and I was like, it's okay. Um, I don't have my belt, and he's like, oh, I've got an old white belt, and I was like, that's fine. I'll wear the white belt. And he was so cute. This actually so adorable. And he's like, no, babe. Like I, I appreciate you wanting to train, wanting to train the lapel series with me. So he tied his blue belt on me. And honestly, doing that with Lockie and like both of us, like, and I could feel points where like he would go too hard or, you know, I could feel my ego coming out. Mm -hmm. And it was just being, it was having it in the front of my mind that I am the only person holding us back from Mm -hmm. levelling up, Mm -hmm. right? If I give a bit more space and if I be a better partner, like not only jujitsu partner, but a better like loving partner if I show a bit more love, if I show a bit more space, it I noticed that he gave me back just as much, if not harder. And mm. I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, what am I doing? You know, am I am I just wanting to feed my own ego or am I do I want to succeed with my mm. partner and watch him succeed too? Oh,
0: fuck me, Mitch. I feel like you're talking to me. <laughs> 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 oh you don't uh, he doesn't listen to this podcast I, uh, and I don't care even if he does but god we've struggled training together like for anyone mm. listening who doesn't know so Patrick's much better at jiu-jitsu than I am very Dude, athletic um and I'm just constantly trying to like prove that I'm on his level which is retarded <laughs> like I'm never gonna be unless I trained for like years and he stopped training, I'm not going to be better than him. So trying to prove that I'm like better just kills our training every single time. Mm -hmm. I can, I can definitely learn a lot from you. This is why I love doing this Mm. podcast. I don't even care if nobody listens to it. Like I just get so much out of doing all these episodes. Um, Dude. But yeah. As you will know from your podcast, so that's a nice segue. So let's talk about all the stuff that you've got going on. Cause you said COVID prompted you to make a change, but you've been making changes obviously oh, yeah. five years ago, like last year, I always loved watching you doing like the little jar thing where you had like compliments to yourself every day. Oh. Like you've been doing all this self-work for so long. Like, let's talk about some okay, of that. What?
1: Dude, that, that jar Um, So I started working for for a company and I met probably, I I swear to God, I met the most beautiful person. Like her name is Yanni Mm -hmm. and she's the one who who created that jar for me. Baby, can you please close the door? It's cold. Anyway, moving right along. Yeah, and um, I met Yanni and I'd just been through so full I promised I was going to be honest. And I think that I'm not saying this for, you know, I've got to stop preempting like everything that I fucking say. I had a really shit year last year. Mm -hmm. Now I take accountability, like full accountability for a lot of shit that happened last year. um, But it was a really fucking hard year, Georgia, like really fucking hard year. Just before I started working this new job, just before, I'm not sure if you remember, um, the what's the the super bjj competition
0: uh yeah i think i know the one you're talking yeah
1: yeah so before even before nationals right just before nationals i was super diligent and i wanted to train i wanted to win right Mm -hmm. and i had a lot of help um doug april hannah yeah all the girls are absolutely like everyone came together Mm -hmm. susie everyone gave me their time was like you know what we'll band behind you. If you want to achieve your goal, we're going to help you train to get it, right? Mm-hmm. Just before nationals. My dad went into hospital, got diagnosed with, um, fuck, man, like they found tumours the fr- his prefrontal, in his frontal cortex and mm-hmm. all down his spine, like lesions all down his spine. He mm-hmm. was in the Alfred. I was going to see him every single night because my mum lived on the peninsula and it was super mm-hmm. difficult for her. She was struggling. Um, my brothers both have kids and I was, you know, determined to be like, I'm, I need to see my dad. Like i I thought to myself, if I'm in hospital, uh, what would I want to happen? Baby, close the door. <sighs> Good but Fuck. Look, they, uh, the, uh, baby, out. can, so, ca- can you, can you close the door? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Don't, uh, don't leave the yeah. Out, uh,
1: okay. There we go. Don't leave prawns out guys. They're seagulls. Um, so yeah I, I was struggling at the time I met mm-hmm. somebody and um I won I won nationals and in between that time I'd met someone and started dating him stupidly um got pregnant
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I found out 2 days before the Super BJJ competition
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I wanted to talk to the guy
2: mm-hmm
1: that I was involved with at the time. And I don't know whether this was a lie or not, but at the time it certainly felt like it. The night that we were supposed to meet up and, um, and talk about everything he was posting on social media and he was out drinking with his friends. And then he told me that he didn't answer his phone. He didn't reply to my text messages because he lost his phone in the back of a cab, and then the next morning, the morning of the super BJJ competition, he mm-hmm. messaged me and said, um, "Hey, sorry." Um, oh no, 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 he didn't message me that morning. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole day, I was like, "Holy fuck! Holy fuck! Holy fuck!" I didn't, and I didn't know what to do. Right? I mm-hmm. was kind of losing my mind. I was freaking the fuck out, stressed out, and my body was just fucking going through shit. Right? Mm-hmm and the only person who I told um I told maybe like two or three people but mm-hmm. I you know like Susie and I are pretty close I told Susie
2: mm-hmm. and she
1: was like you can't compete today you can't do that to yourself and I said to her I actually I need to compete today and she's like why would you do this to yourself me she's like look at what your fucking body's going through dude like and you're going through so much emotionally like what the fuck and I said to her I have to compete today because if I don't then it'll be worse than even than if I lose Mm -hmm. because I'll be giving up on myself and then I went and competed I won the only fight that I lost was with Susie Mm -hmm. and you know like the whole day everyone everyone's super supportive at competitions everyone's amazing and you know, everyone's congratulating Mm -hmm. me. And on the outside I was smiling and saying, yeah, thanks. You know, like I'm super proud. Yeah. I've trained for this on the inside. Mm -hmm. I was screaming. I was hurting. I was like, just fucking destroyed, Mm
2: -hmm. like
1: destroyed, man. Like, and after that, like I, so I, I told him about it and then he met up with me that night and he's like, oh, you know, like I lost my phone and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Fuck off, you lost your phone. There's Instagram, there's fucking Facebook. You could have messaged me on anything from any one of your mates' phone. You chose to be a coward. You chose to fucking step away. And I understand that you're going through shit right now as well, but I am literally and physically living this shit in my body. You have a fucking accountability to me and to, you know, like I I, I, I take accountability for my part in it, like, and I'm living it. What are you fucking doing? You being a coward and getting drunk with your mates. Mm. Like what the fuck? And then obviously I decided not to go through with it. I wasn't ready. And, you know, he was not the sort of person that I would want to get involved with. You know, don't get me wrong. He's a nice person. I'm sure he's got, he had a lot of good qualities, but there was a lot of shit going on there too that just wasn't what I wanted to take into my future. Mm. And, yeah, then he didn't come with me on the day that I decided to, you know, terminate. Mm-hmm. He told me that, you know, his friends had gone through it and, you know, they were fine. So I should be fine by myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And instead of um, a bit of a stubborn little bitch sometimes, and I'm a bit of a, mar- I used to be a bit of a martyr.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so all of my friends were like, oh, well, like the people that knew were like, tell me what time the appointment is. I'm coming with you. You're not being alone. Like, you know, you don't have to go through this alone. Mish, like you don't have to do this. Tell me I'll be there. I will hold your hand. I'll support you. But being stubborn as I was at the time, I went by myself Mm -hmm. and it was fucking horrible, dude. It was fucking horrible. It wasn't just bad on the day. It was the day after. And I just remember like one of my girlfriends, Alisa, on the day, after because she was texting me she was like are you okay and I was like look I'm not I've literally just I had to I'm I'm super I like to consider myself super professional right Mm -hmm. and the day after I went to work and because like I went to work from the day and then Mm. I went like I went on my fucking lunch break dude Mm. I went on my fucking lunch break and then yeah the day after I went I it just felt like all the colour had been stripped out of my world. It was fucked. It was absolutely fucked. I was so, I was hurt. I was ashamed. I was, yeah, just struggling so much. And I text my boss, like, I remember, like, sitting at my desk and I was so emotional. I couldn't even look at people in the eye because I knew if they asked me if I was okay. And, like, for me not to smile and not to laugh and be engaged with people is just so fucking not me, Mm. right? So people knew that something was not right. But I couldn't look at them because I knew that the second that someone looked at me, I would start crying. And I had to run to the toilet, like I'm not even sure you enjoyed it. I ran to the toilet like maybe ten times that day. Cause I just I couldn't cry in front of other people. I didn't want anyone else to know what I was going through. Which is so fucked. Because so many people would have been like, Mish, don't worry, like I've got you, you know, I'll support you. And then I went home. I had to text my boss from the car park. I was like, I'm sorry. Like I just, I can't fucking be here today. I've got a lot going on. And she knew what was going on with my dad as well. So she was like, you know, something to do with your dad, take your time. She was really, really good about it. Mm -hmm. And one of my girlfriends, she texted me and she was like, are you okay? You know, like how are you feeling today? And I was like, I just feel so shit. I feel like I'm just empty, like just completely empty. And then literally like 10 minutes later, she brought. I heard a knock at the front door and she just burst in the door. And I just, she just gave me like the biggest hug. And she's like, I don't know what to say right now, but I just wanted to hug you. And then one of my other girlfriends called me after Elisa left and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just, I just, I was punishing myself. I was punishing myself, Georgia. I was sitting there. I was crying. I was by myself. I was listening to shit music, and then I was like thinking in my head, like, "You have to go through this. You you deserve this. Like, you got yourself in this situation. You need to go through this. You deserve to feel these feelings, and you have to experience them fully, because you are accountable for what you did, Mish. This is fucked up, right? Mm -hmm. And one of my girlfriends, Yvonne, she called me and she was like, "What are you doing?" and I was like. I'm just at home. I'm not feeling good. You know, told her everything that I was going through. She was like, yeah, I'm coming over. And I was like, no, I just want to be alone. I used to be, so if I was ever upset, I never wanted to be touched. I never Mm -hmm. wanted to be like comforted. It was, it was a complex, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I don't need help. I'll get through this alone. And she was like, cut the shit. I'm coming over, I'm packing a bag, and then you're spending the night here. I don't give a fuck if you sit there on the couch and you don't talk to anyone, but you're coming here. You're not sitting there alone. And she did that. And then I sat there and I cried. And then her and Holly and I'm, I can't remember if Ash showed up, but all of my all of my friends, like all of them banded around me. One of my friends, Ivan, he, he was like, I don't know what to tell you Mish. I don't know what to say to you. I don't know what to do to make it feel better. And I was like, dude, I don't know either. Like I just, I know how shit this feels. And he was like, you know, when I'm sad, I like to listen to sad songs. So he just, and I was like, I need some songs to cry to cause I need to get this all out. He sent me so many sad songs. He's like, he's like, this is one of my favorite songs to cry it all out to. He didn't know what to do. So he just did what he, he, what helped him. Mm-hmm. And then when I started working at this new job, I met Yani, And I think it was about a week after all this happened. I moved in between that as well. God, dude, I moved in with this girl who tried to kill herself.
2: Mm. Like, while Oh,
1: dude, it was fucked, man. Like, walking into her bedroom, blood fucking everywhere. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Like, right now, out of all the time of my life, it was like the universe was just like, you're fine but I'm going to put you through some challenges because you need to level the fuck up. And I was just like, Oh my God. So I had to move twice within the space of a month. And then like, I was, yeah, I got to work with Yani every single day. Dude. And she, she asked me, she said to me one day, um, she's like, I feel like you have a bit of, I feel like there's something that's been going on with you, Mish. If you ever want to talk, I'm, you know, like, I, I just want you to know that I'm here for you and, I really love you as a person, you know, we don't know each other that well. And I just went, Bleh.
2: <laughs> I just told her
1: everything. And I was like <laughs> crying. I was just like, I'm sorry to tell you all this. And she's like, no, like I want to support you. Like, you know, it was a really, really challenging time in my life at like right then. But mm-hmm. as challenging as it was, yeah. I was given, it was like, the universe or the world or call it God, whatever the fuck you like you believe in. I was gifted all the support I needed to get through it. It was like, I need a like, I will force you to move. I will challenge you in ways that will force you to level up, but I'll make sure that you've got all the support you need so that it's so that you can do it. And then I met um, the boys that I live with Jake and Chris and when I went to like the, the little house inspection, they were like, oh, you know, so where are you moving from? And I was like, I'd, I was so exhausted. I'd looked at 20 houses that mm-hmm. morning because I, I, I had to be super like fucking on it, dude. I needed to move like ASAP. And I sat down on the stairs and I was like, look, man, I'm going to be real with you. My housemate's an alcoholic. She's a bit of a psychopath. She um, has a serious drinking problem and I had to save her from, she tried to kill herself the other night and I just don't want to live with that shit. And I'm kind of, I don't feel safe living there. So that's my situation right now. I promise I'm clean. Um, Sometimes I'm shit with my laundry, but I'm pretty rarely at home because all I fucking do is train I'm pretty out of the house on the weekends. And then I think it was a couple of days later, it was my birthday. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was just, yeah, obviously going through a lot of shit at the time. And on my birthday, I got a message from Jake, who would soon to be my housemate. And he was like, Mish, you got the spot. We loved you. You can move (laughs) in. And I was like, yes. I'd gotten a new job. I had all this support. I started working with one of the best people that I've ever met in my entire life, Yani. Mm-hmm. I had all of my friends banding around me, just giving me love and support. Like, and when I needed to move, um, my friend Ivan and one of my other friends, Dave, is mm-hmm. oh, one of the most loyal people I've ever met in my entire life. He was like, right, we'll move you. You know, And they literally, I think I'd moved everything in an hour. Mm -hmm. They were that good. Like they just banded together, like to basically say, you know, we've got you. Like we know you've been through a lot of shit. You've been a really good egg. Like you're, I wasn't whinging about things, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then I moved in, I moved in with the boys and I was like, oh my fucking God. Oh my God. Did that just actually happen? And then all this shit with my dad intensified. My mum was going through shit. My brothers were going through shit. And then it was Christmas before I knew it. And I was like, all right, can I just, can I just have a fucking minute? Oh, my God. Oh, my fucking God. And then on New Year's Eve, um, I thought, like, I went for a walk. I wanted to train and I thought, you know what? Like, I don't care what the next year brings, but I know that if I can get through all of this and it's, it was super challenging at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Super challenging, but I was okay because I had all of my friends. I was okay because I had people there, people at training who supported me no matter what, who just gave me love and yeah, just that emotional support, like, and it was really hard for me to reach out for help. There were just people who were like, you know, I've got you. And I got through it. And I was like walking on New Year's Eve, I was walking to training and I was like, you know what? Life's pretty fucking good, Mish. Like you're in a new house, you're about to start the new year, you know, like whatever comes your way, you've got this. Like you've been through so much stuff in your life. Like not that things have happened to me. I believe that things happen for you. Like, and do that however the fuck you want, man. But like, I was determined to not become a product of the things that happened to me. I was determined to become the person that I wanted to become because I chose to behave and act with strength and show leadership through those things. And I got to training on New Year's Eve and I was like, fuck yeah, this is like an awesome day. I'm going to have like a really good time. And then I was pretty tired and I was like, no, nah, next year I'm going to be a total, I want to be a world champion. I want to, I want to play on a different level. And then I think I had two roles left
2: mm-hmm.
1: and Tiago was, and I was sitting on the sidelines. I was like, fuck oh, man, I'm pretty wrecked. Cause I think it was like 34 degrees that day. probably, And, I looked at the people on the side of the mat, like thinking, oh, do I want to roll again? And I looked at Lockie and I was like, no, huge dude covered in tattoos. No. And Tiago looks at me and he looks at Lockie. He's like, Mish, are you injured? And I was like, no. And he's like, Lockie, are you injured? He's like, no. He's like, good, roll together. And I'd never rolled with him before. I was like, who the fuck is this tattooed dude? Like thinking, judging him, right? Going who is this fuck boy? I don't know who he is. No, no, no. I don't want to roll with him. He kind of looked like, he just had this, you know, I I just judged him. And Tiago's like, good, roll together. And then I was like, oh, hey, sorry. And like, he's like, nah, that's all good. And I was like, do you want to start on top or bottom or what do you want to play? Flapped hands, bumped fist. And we were just laughing the whole time. Like he was so fun to roll with. I had a really, really good time. And I was like, what the fuck? This is so cool. And I was like, I can't believe we've never rolled together. He's like, I don't know, right? And I said to him, I was like, dude, how long have you been training here? You know, just went back and forth. And mm-hmm. he said to me, he's, he's like, what days do you normally train? And I was like, I only train this day, this day, this day. He's like, that's why I haven't seen you. He's like, you know what? I'll train at night one time, you know, we'll, and we'll, we'll try and train together again. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, mm-hmm. And there was just this different energy. And I was like, wow. And then he's like, come here. We'll take a photo together. And I was like, okay. Like, you know, like all pumped up because, you know, that's how yeah. I am. Like mm-hmm. just super mm-hmm. fun and I try to be super fun just having a really good time at training. Like laughing the whole time I roll all of the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yep, yeah, let's take a photo. Took a photo and I was like, dude, you are so fucking awesome. I had the best time. he's like, yeah, fuck yeah, you too. He's like, I had a mad time. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, what's your Instagram? And he gave it to me. And he's like, he's like, we're rolling again. And I was like, yeah. And then we kept looking at each other. Like, I think, I don't know. Like, he was giving me like this all, you know, this little sultry look. And I was like, I kept staring at him. And I was like, I was like who is this guy? <laughs> and that night... Mm -hmm. I went to my girlfriend's house and everyone was like, woo, yeah, let's have a big New Year's Eve. And I was like, fuck no, dude. Like, I'm not having a big New Year's Eve. I'm I'm determined to just chill the fuck out with my closest friends, Mm -hmm. with like five people who were super close to me and just be like, you know what, man? You guys are the ones that got me through this year. You're the ones that fucking helped me help me survive whatever the fuck this year was and then lucky and i were texting all night and the next day like all the next day and yeah my housemates were having a huge party Mm -hmm. that day and and you know they'd ask me and i was like yeah man of course like i don't give a shit i'm super chill and um then after New Year's Eve, I was just like, nah, man, I do not want to go home to a party. And I was still texting Lockie, and he sent me a photo of his dinner and I was like, thank you very much. I'll be over soon. And he's like, okay, what time? And I said, oh, see you at 7. Motherfucker sent me his address. And I was like,
3: <laughs> oh, no,
2: no, I have to go.
3: <laughs> and... I
1: get to his house Mm -hmm. and we start talking. He's super open, just asking me all these questions. And I'm pretty open, like always been open book. Starts telling me, oh yeah, we just start sharing all this shit. And he shows me his little library and I was like, oh my God, I've really wanted to start reading, but I've just been a bit of a, I've been a bit of a shithead and, you know, Mm -hmm. I say I want to do something and then I never follow through with it. Right. Mm -hmm. Remind you of anyone? most people <laughs> right that was a huge thing for yeah. me and he's like he said to me he's like you can borrow any book you want anytime and I was like done jocko's I think it was um extreme ownership mm-hmm. and something else yeah that book and he's like good book and I was like dude I need this I need this right now and he's like he's like all right he's like you can borrow it and I was like dude I'll bring and I had a look through the book and I was like man I'll finish this a couple of days and he's like like you think and I was like yep I will and two days went on and I finished the book and I gave it back to him and I was like I need another one he's like wow no girl that I've ever spoken to or chilled out with has ever read any of the books that I've given them he's like okay next book and he gave it to me and I kept like reading them and I was like writing all these notes and I was like dude what have I been doing with my life like yeah I'm, I'm I'm driven I'm determined I've got goals but was I actually achieving them
2: mm-hmm. no
1: no I wasn't and then I had this man come into my life who you know was investing in me instantly and I was like telling him all the stuff that I was getting from the books he's like what the fuck he's like no one ever reads them and I was like yeah well give me more give me more and I was like taking notes and I was mm-hmm. like analyzing my life not analyzing not judging but just going shit yep I can improve here I can improve here that's what I can do here like Mm -hmm. I'm a note taker yeah huge note taker Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and then I started to think about things and I was like dude there's so much other shit that I hadn't dealt with yeah that I knew was there and I was like the only things that are holding me back in life is me Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and that's not good enough for me that's not a good enough excuse if I was going to, you know, practice what I was learning from Jocko mm-hmm. and good people like that, you know, I had to have extreme ownership.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I had to have accountability. And if I'm not moving, if I'm not where I want to be in life, then who's who's responsible for that? Mm-hmm. Me. So then I started doing a lot more study, mm-hmm. spending a lot time, spending a lot more time like looking at the at my behaviors, mm-hmm. looking at my reactions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, "I need to learn more about this. I need to learn more about why I'm doing these things, mm-hmm. and the more I looked into it, the more I found and the more I found, the more I applied and when I started applying things, it was like instant changes
2: mm-hmm. instant
1: changes, like you know being able to train with my boyfriend <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. right and I'm not sure, and like almost every person that I'd spoken to, who was in it, who is in a partnership with you know, they like with a training partner, a potential training partner mm-hmm. had the same things as mm-hmm. me. And I was like, fuck man, so I'm not alone. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. How do I work this out? How do I improve? How do I get better?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How do I work on my ego? Mm-hmm. And then I started reading into different ways that you could really open up your consciousness, really mm-hmm. challenge your way of thinking. And mm-hmm. there were, Three sort of clear paths. One Mm -hmm. is healing your emotions, right? Mm -hmm. So clearing up your subconscious mind. So that's why I started studying NLP. Mm -hmm. That's why I so NLP is neuro linguistic programming. Mm -hmm. Um, and then while I was doing that, I started reading up on different meditation methods. I um, one of my girlfriends introduced me to a book by a guy named Joe Dispenza, Doctor Joe Dispenza. Yeah, which one? Which one?
0: the um oh my god what is it called I don't have it at the moment because I've loaned it out to someone breaking the habit habit of being yourself yourself.
1: yeah dude that book and his book becoming supernatural I followed all of the steps Mm -hmm. all of the fucking steps dude like I listened to them and then I read them I bought that book for at least 10 other people
2: Mm. I don't
1: know if they followed through with it I just go dude, if you, and they'll come to me and they'll be like, Mish, how did you change? Like, how the fuck have you, you know, like you're growing, you're doing all this stuff. It's like, dude, read the book, just mm-hmm. read the fucking book, man. Mm-hmm. And then I started meditating a lot more and I was like, oh man, there's got to be something else to this. Like mm-hmm. if I can tap into my own consciousness, what are the other ways that I can tap into my subconscious mind to heal myself and grow? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause the only things that, it's holding me back subconscious and not being able to heal. Right. So we hold like, you'd know, you store emotions in your body. So then I started studying yoga. I got mm-hmm. qualified. I've got four different yoga, yoga certifications.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I spent all of my spare time, like studying yoga, mm-hmm. um, studying meditation techniques. Mm-hmm. And then the further I delved into consciousness, I thought there's got to be like different backdoor methods. Right. And when then Lockie and I, and take it for what it's worth, but we spent hours, Georgia, hours, right, manifesting our new apartment. Mm-hmm. It was everything that we asked for mm-hmm. everything, even down to the price, location, everything. It was amazing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as a present for us, when we moved in together, mm-hmm. I got us some psychedelics,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because I had read a couple of times that that was a path to really getting to the subconscious mind
2: mm-hmm. and to
1: change behaviours and different ways of thinking. So we did a meditation. We started at, I think, 5 a.m.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We did a huge meditation for about an hour and a half. hmm And when we came out of it, you know, we were in full flight. hmm and I thought we were good then. And all this stuff came up. Like, all this stuff came up that we'd done to each other, that we'd done to ourselves, that we'd done to other people. And I was like, if this is a hack, like I'd call it a hack. Like, mm-hmm. a disclaimer here it's not for everyone. Yeah. Right? It's intense. Mm-hmm. And there's things that don't always go right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, it helped. It mm-hmm. helped a lot. And it helped me look at my life mm-hmm. and look at the things that I was doing. The key, the credit card, in the back of your phone, baby. Already on it? Yep, in the back of your phone. Put it there this morning. Okay, I love you. Bye. Um, and I looked at everything that I, like, I had. So we had a two-bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. I had almost two closets worth of clothes. Mm-hmm. And after this trip, I woke up out of it or I came out of it and I was just like, what the fuck have I been doing in my life?
2: Mm-hmm. I don't need all this shit. Mm-hmm. Like this
1: isn't – and Lucky and I sat down and we, and we wrote out like our plan, mm-hmm. like what our goals were for the next year, the next five years. And I was like, I don't need or want any of this shit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I started selling everything. I started getting rid of everything. And then I, I realized that selling it was super, was just, it was too slow. Mm-hmm. I realized the effects of social media, of being on my phone, of being mm-hmm. in front of screens all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, fuck this. I'm not giving away my energy and my time and my life source mm-hmm. to a fucking electronic device. I'm not the clothes that I wear. I'm not the shit that I paint on my face Mm -hmm. and I can't cover up my emotions and all of the shit that I need to deal with, Mm -hmm. with as much makeup and with as much money as I spend on clothes Mm -hmm. or shoes or fucking anything. Mm -hmm. I now have four pairs of leggings. I now have two pairs of shoes. I now live out of a backpack. We got rid of fucking everything. I sold all of my jewellery, anything that was important, that I, that was sentimental. I gave, I think I've got like my earrings and two rings and Mm -hmm. maybe one necklace and anything else that was like a family heirloom. I gave to my, I gave back to my mom and she's like, no, these are yours. You know, you need to keep them. I'm like, they're not mine. I, I don't want them anymore. I don't hold, I don't want to have material possessions. Hold me down in life. I want to be free. And if I want to be free and be me, And I have to get, I have to clear out everything. And I had to do a social media detox. I basically didn't want to touch my fucking phone. I I looked at my phone and I was like, it fed my insecurities. I used it as a tool to feed my insecurities and to make me feel like I was worth something. Like it was a validation device. My Instagram, my fucking Facebook, everything was just fucking all for that. I didn't need any of that to validate me. I didn't, I didn't need someone else to tell me I was beautiful. I had a wonderful man in my life who was telling me every single day, babe, you don't need to be this person. I fucking love you the way that you are. Stop covering this shit up. You're better than that. The person and the woman that you're growing into, that woman that you want to be five years down the track, she doesn't mm-hmm. do this shit. What would she do? I was like, fuck, he's right. And I did a full detox of everything. I spent an intense four months of my life, maybe or four and a half months of my life, analysing every single part of myself. And I mean, I don't judge anyone who doesn't do that. But for me, I was like, how fucking arrogant am I? Like, what what sort of ego do I have that I'm not willing to turn my, you know, any of that judgment that I cast on anyone else, which is bullshit, by the way, how come I can't turn that on myself and go, okay, not that where am I fucking up? I don't care about fuck-ups because that's how we learn, right? Where can I improve, right? And what can I do for myself to give me that edge, not against anyone else, but just for myself, man, just for myself so that I'm a better woman, so that I can when I am older and I and I speak to my granddaughters, I can look at them in the eye and say, I chose better for myself so that I could give you better for you, so that you could choose better for you. I choose not to accept, you know, like I choose not to accept subpar treatment from my partner. Don't get me wrong. Like if Lockie and I have a disagreement, it's a disagreement. It's not a fight. And if it does come to a fight, But afterwards we look at each other and we're like, this is not us. We don't talk to each other like this. This is not how we treat each other. We love each other. Like, so we speak to each other with love, like not like those fucking voices, not like that fucking pre-programmed bullshit from our childhood, from the horrible experiences that we've had in our life. We're not a product of that. So we choose, we choose every single fucking day, dude. And it's a choice. And sometimes it's, it's easier than other days, but it's making that conscious choice and recognising that you even have the option. And I decided, like, I was like, I don't, this isn't something that I deserve. This is something that everyone deserves. So I started changing my life. I changed, I I took a huge fucking risk. Like, I I quit my job. You know, Lockie and I looked at each other and we said, let's fucking, let's dive deep. Let's see what we can do. Let's get the resources that we need to excel in our lives so that we can share the same joy and freedom that we feel every single day with everyone else. And don't get me wrong, like, I'm not here to save everyone. I hope to, but, you know, I I recognize everyone's on their own journey, right? But for anyone who does want the help and they want that guy, that that hand to hold while they guide themselves through their hurt and they guide themselves through their transgressions and their fucking journey, I want to be that person for them because I think that everyone has a lot of good to give in this world and I'm determined to help them own it. I'm determined to help them step into their power. You're not all of your fucking shit experiences. You're an incredible human being with so much to give and people spend so much of their lives fucking guilting themselves, hating themselves or hurting themselves. You're not that person. You're not your experiences and there are ways to get through it. There are ways to grow through it. Fuck, man, I've been talking so much.
0: I'm sorry. I I was like, I'm just going to let her go. This is what... (laughs) Um you know I think we're all super self-conscious and so it's sometimes it's hard to just let yourself speak but that is a really great story for people to hear about what you're getting to now and we'll get into the project that you guys are working on and sort of what the future's going to look into a little bit but I guess coming back to the core of what this podcast specifically is about you know like I think and I say it and it, The more and more people that say it slightly differently, the better of an idea you get. But there's just something so special about the community that you have in all kinds of combat sports. Like in jujitsu, like you said at the start, there's so much respect and trust in people in order to be the kind of person who is a Uh, training partner. You just can't be a piece of shit, you know, otherwise you don't last (laughs) long. You know, you'll get kicked out of the club. There's people who are better than you, even if they're not bigger than you and your ego will be too bruised and you'll leave. And so you just end up meeting so many people who are good people and you get surrounded by amazing people. And Mm -hmm. that's how all this amazing growth, like what's happened to you um, and like what's happened to Lockie. After the podcast, I'm going to talk to you about the fact that you and Lockie are together. I didn't even (laughs) know that. (laughs) Um, And Lockie and Patrick are together in, um, in Phuket. I don't know if you knew that, but so anyway, we'll come back to that.
1: Yeah. look, Off, tell me.
0: off air, <laughs> but um, where was I getting to? Yeah. So I think it's, it's totally fine that we've gone kind of, I don't even know how long we've been talking for now, a little while, but it doesn't matter. Sorry, sorry, because, sorry. No. <laughs> No, I think um, the beautiful thing about podcasts is that people can skip through if they want to. And, of course, I'll put a summary. But I think people will find what you have to say really, really interesting because, like you said, this isn't a unique experience that that you've gone through. Some of the elements of the specific situations have been unique to you and have been very intense. But I think that people struggle with knowing that they are not their experiences and knowing they are not your their thoughts like I balled my eyes out mm-hmm. for hours the other night um cuz I couldn't distinct like distinguish myself from my thoughts and pat was just like tapping me on repeat being like you are not your thoughts you are not your thoughts and i was like but they're all so real and i think they are and i'm a piece of shit so Oh my god yeah. no yeah. but do you know what I mean and it's not just you and it's not just me and it's everybody that has that because we have a negativity bias we believe bad shit about ourselves so much more easily than we believe mm-hmm. good shit about ourselves and mm-hmm. everything that you experience in the world is tinted by the subjective reality that you've created in your brain She's oftentimes negative because that's our brain's, oh, yeah. you know, beautiful habit of trying to keep us alive. We want to stay away from bad things. That's more important to survival than going towards good things. It's not good mm-hmm. for thriving. It's not good for living an amazing life, but mm-hmm. that's the way that our brain has worked for all this time to look after us. And that's why trauma responses happen. You know, trauma in of itself wouldn't be that bad. It's still bad, but you know, you survive it. The reason it becomes yeah. bad is because your brain goes into survival mode and has to put in all these things to that it thinks it's doing to protect you when it's it's really not, you know, yeah. your body and all this <laughs> stuff. So now I'm going to get onto a ramble if you let me, but I also just really want to listen, just like you were saying, to you speak, which is the, like I said just before, the really cool thing about having a podcast is I just get to actually hear stories like I rolled with you all of last year. I never knew any of that started this year I didn't know any of that so I think it's yeah it's really beautiful when we do get to take the chance to listen to what other people have to say um so let's talk about you've got a podcast now you've got um you've got this big project that you're working on uh to do with organization and stuff I think was the Mm -hmm. gist of what I got from filling in your survey so thank you so much by the way what is your podcast about?
1: So the podcast is called You Are Not Alone, mm-hmm. which is basically, I suppose I wanted to start it because when I was going through so much at so many different stages of my life, I was I was always supported.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And some of the ways that I got through things is by when I did talk about it and other people shared their stories with me as well. And it made me feel, it made my heart lighter. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, that whole concept of shared burdens are a lot lighter. So I thought there are so many amazing people that I know who have all these incredible stories, you know, and if they would, if people are open to share, which not everyone is, right, if people are open to share, a lot of people can gain so much from it. Like we, like throughout the generations from like the dawn of time, we learn lessons and and learn from other stories right like every single nursery rhyme every single story every single time you spend time with having a conversation like a back and forth you learn so much and it, you gain perspective and you also feel you gain strength from someone else as well like you can think of them and their experience and gain strength from it hence why i started the podcast i wanted to i reached out to some really Strong people, and you know, it did not. You would know yourself, right? How many people have you asked to be on a podcast? And are like, nah, I've got nothing to help. Ha- I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough to be on a podcast. I'm like, bro, are you kidding? <laughs> people have so much shit to share, and you can gain so much strength from them, and it makes you feel like you're not alone. You're not alone in this world. There's people like, your experience is individual, but there are other people who've done the things that you've done or done the things that you want to do, or they've gotten through things. They've worked through things. And I think that, yeah, I just wanted to create a platform one for people to share. And when you share it's, it's cathartic, it's healing. So it gives them an opportunity to heal, Mm -hmm. but also like to share their story in full, and yeah, that's the aim, like just to, to share stories so that other people can, you know, might be able
0: to gain strength from them. And where can people listen to the podcast?
1: Everywhere, man. Like Anchor is the app that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple Podcasts as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually, yeah, you can listen to it on anything, like iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on the Anchor app. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's available everywhere, and you know, like I'm. I just I want people to know, like, if you got something to share, and George, you will be a guest if you want to. I would love to have you on because I would love to listen to to. you as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We'll set that up.
2: But if anyone wants to,
1: if they think that they've got something to share, like fuck yeah, man! Like I want to, you know, even if no one else wants to hear your story, bro, I want to hear your story. I want to listen. Mm -hmm. I want to gain wisdom. I want to gain wisdom because you either learn from experience or you learn from somebody else's experience. I value my time and I value the mistakes that I've made. I'm not dumb enough to to be, I'm not arrogant enough anymore to say, no, I, I just, you know, I learned through trial and error. Bitch, I don't want to learn through trial and error. I'm happy to learn through someone else's experience, man.
0: And what about the work that you guys are doing, the email surveys that you're collecting at the moment? What are you asking from people and what what are you hoping to achieve?
1: So essentially I've been doing, so Lockheed and I have been doing a course Mm -hmm. um, and it's, so everyone, you know, we all work jobs, but Mm -hmm. wouldn't you rather work doing something you're passionate about, Right. And I'm, I like helping people, right? I like using my own personal skills to help people, right? So that if I can help them or teach them anything so that like skills that add to their life so that they're more capable and they can live happier, freer, you know, calmer lives, which everyone deserves, then fuck yeah, I'm going to help them do that. Hence why. So one of my things that I'm really good at, I'm super organized. I'm mm-hmm. very like I'm, I'm organized but there's a little bit of chaos. right? <laughs> so, and it's something that I've done as a job for a really long time. Like I was a project co- project manager coordinator. Um, mm-hmm. I've been an assistant for a very long time and that's, it's what I'm good at. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like helping people. I'm like, no, 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 give me all the shit stuff. I'm good at organizing it. You know? Or I teach people how to organize themselves. I'm like, This is actually how you should structure your time. You don't Mm -hmm. have to, like, I've had people that I've interviewed Georgia, like Mm -hmm. one guy, he was telling me that he woke up at 3 Mm a.m. Because to check his email inbox because he was stressing out about work so much. I was like, dude, that's that's probably not a good thing. (laughs) Like you need to get control of that shit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I had a girl who told me that she had a panic attack because she had too much work on her plate Mm -hmm. and she was stressing out. I was like, you know, you can talk to your boss, right? And she's like, oh, but I'm scared I'll get fired. I'm like, so get fired. You don't want to work for a company who if you tell them you're stressed out and they fire you, like people, no one will judge you. Mm -hmm. No one will fire you. And if they do, they're not the type of employer that you want to work for. Mm
2: -hmm. Like
1: speaking up, like 99% of the time, People want to help. And if they know that you're struggling, they will do what they can to give you the resources to help you. Right? But why my thought is why instead of waiting for it to get to that point where you need to ask for help and you know your ego kind of gets in the way of you asking for help a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So I decided to do a bit of research and see exactly where people need help.
2: Mm -hmm. What are
1: they struggling with? And if that's in that area that I, that I feel super confident and knowledgeable in, if I can put together some sort of framework or course, and instead of going blah, 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 these are the concepts go, okay, these are the concepts and these are the actual skills. This is exactly what you need to do to improve this part of your life. There you mm-hmm. go. My gift to you. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Go live a happy life.
0: So I love it. Hence
1: doing a shit ton of research, a shit <laughs> ton of interviews. Mm-hmm. Oh man. And it's intense and it's meeting after meeting, but it's super valuable. Mm -hmm. Like and getting, getting those responses, having those interviews, getting people to fill out that survey for me, like it's going to help me so much because instead of just going, I think I know best, I'm going, I need to learn what everyone needs help with. So once I learn that I can truly help and truly serve people, you know, like make a genuine difference in the world. Like everyone, you know, we all want to make a difference with what we think, but until we take the time to ask the questions and listen, we don't actually know. Hence why I'm doing all this research. And eventually it will turn into something that will, you know, not be my version of how I think that people should learn, right? I'm not being that teacher who's like, you'll listen to the way I teach, right? I'm going, okay, cool. This is how you need to learn. How can I best adjust my delivery and adjust my skill set to give knowledgeable, effective skills to people? So yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's my project.
0: (laughs) So if anyone is listening and thinks maybe I want to have a look at how my organization is, even if you think you're like A1 at it. I think that filling in a questionnaire like yours, apart from the fact that it's like a nice, selfless thing to do, is just to help someone else out and you'll feel great for the rest of the day because you've helped out like a really good, genuine person. But also it's it's kind of like I think in for example, in meditation, you could try and meditate on how's my organization like, and your brain's probably going to wander quite a lot. But if you just fill something in, it's, it's almost like more targeted self-reflection. Yes. Which is so useful for you. You'll benefit from yes. filling in something like this, just from the fact that you'll go away and you'll go like, huh, maybe that is actually more of an issue for me than I thought. And maybe it's not that like, I'm going to end up buying a product from each like one day, which maybe like would be great. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's also just, or maybe I'm going to read a new book and then I'm going to level up my life that way and then I'm going to be a bit happier, you know. So if you're thinking like, yeah, maybe I would fill that in, I'll put the link to the, um, I think it's a Google Doc, in the show show notes here and just click on it. Thank you so much, Georgia. Do some self-reflection. Not that many people listen to this podcast because it hasn't blown up yet. Um, But like I said earlier, I kind of really don't care. Because uh, I get so much out of chatting to people like you. Thanks, babe. I I do too. Like, and
1: that self-reflection, like, that's probably the most valuable tool that we have. Like, the most valuable tool that we have. And, you know, like, self-reflection and when shit comes up, ugh, like, it's, it's having that ability, like not everyone has that ability to self reflect and go, like, even, even just the pure act of going, Oh, am I organized? Am I a nice person? Or when was the last time I was kind? When was the last time I did something nice for myself? Oh, am I, how do I achieve my goals? How do I break things down? The simple act of thinking about it and, and recognizing the way that you attack things everyone's got their own different methods, right? I'm not saying that there's one right or wrong way, but if the more you think about it, the more conscious you are, the more conscious you are, the more you have the ability to make adjustments. I think, you know, like everyone, especially in the martial arts community, like we can all learn so much from that. Like it helps you attack, like, you know, if you have goals, right? So you know, for example, Lockie and I were like, okay, cool. We finished the lapel encyclopedia and mm-hmm. we're really stoked on it. Like it's highly recommended to anyone. Like Jesus Christ. Like my God, mm-hmm. I was, oh dude. Like now, like Lockie's a hundred, he, he's in my ISO project by the way. Mm-hmm. So Lockie was like, oh, you know, I don't want to be skinny anymore. I want to put on a lot of weight. I want to put on size. He is so big now. He's like, <laughs> He, I swear to God, Georgia, he's like 110 kilos
0: of just muscle. Wow. He was so lanky. <laughs> <laggy. laughs>
1: oh, <God. laughs> he doesn't fit into his sh- His quads are that big now. He he bought a pair of shorts when we first got together. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're too tight on his, on his quads mm-hmm. and his qu- like, you tap on his quads and they're like that man. Mm-hmm. So he's been my ISO project. So I've mm-hmm. pretty much just been feeding him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's massive, right? And he's a tall dude too, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So imagine me, like I'm tiny and stocky, right? Mm-hmm. So, so like going against him, I'm like, oh, this is really hard. With the lapel encyclopedia, I give him trouble, mm-hmm. right? And he's, he's been training a lot longer than I have and he's so much better than me, but I give him trouble. So we thought, you know, what can we attack next? how can we get better again? And we are like, maybe we should focus on like people who are like the best in the game. So mm-hmm. we bought one of the Danaher back. Um, yeah. Back I've been doing friends. that one. Yeah. Dude. Game changer,
0: right? How it, oh, I have so many mind maps based. On, I could show you. Oh, they're not here. Oh,
1: dude, send them through to me. I want to see, I love seeing like other people's, I'm a note taker. I'm a big, mm-hmm. like mind mapper. Mm-hmm. But like, just learning like that, like going, ooh, how do I learn? Lockie learns. He's a kinesthetic learner and he's mm-hmm. an auditory learner. Mm-hmm. I can't. I have to watch something, right? Mm-hmm. And he'll be like, all right, babe, now just move your hand here. And I'm like, I, I have to watch the video. And he's like, what do you mean you have to watch the video? I'm like, I don't learn this way. I need mm-hmm. to learn this way. But then, you know, back to that whole, you know, the student mindset, I'm going, okay. If I'm, if this is, a, if I don't have the time to watch the videos all the time and Loki's watching them and he's doing the work for us, how can I adapt my thinking and my learning, you know, not change everything, right? But how can I adapt so that I can be more receptive mm-hmm. and be a better listener? Mm-hmm. How can I be a better student and a better partner for him? It's just the one percenters, you know, mm-hmm. like how do we how do you level up? You don't level up by making a huge fucking change. Like no one has to sell all their shit and, and try psychedelics like I did. Right. <laughs> like I'm not recommending that, but you know, find out what works you make the small changes, the small increments at, like through your life, like changing your habits, looking at things from a bird's eye view, not judging yourself, but going, Ooh, where can I adapt? Fuck man, I keep going on
0: tangents. I'm sorry, I I was just thinking. Like, I think that's almost like a perfect place to to wrap it up because I could Mm. clearly talk to you about this all day. Um, Oh, dude! But I will. We'll end the podcast, and I guess if there's any of these topics that we've started to speak about and then got Mm. distracted and gone on tangents that people want more about, like we'll do another episode we'll do a short yes. video series like yes. if, if anyone needs anything like please it's it's COVID we're in Melbourne so if anyone doesn't yeah. know that means we can't do <laughs> shit else we can't train apart from with our boyfriends so <laughs> please we've got time if you've got something you want help with um and it's something that Misha said has really resonated with you then we'll get it back on and we'll talk more about it um but for now I think we'll wrap it there Yes, dude,
1: otherwise I will talk all day. And babe, thank you so much. I'm so proud of you for doing this for yourself and for other people. What you're doing is amazing, Georgia. Like you should, seriously, man, like I am super proud of you and you should be proud of you too. Cause like, it doesn't matter who listens to it. It's just that you're doing something that you love. That's what matters, babe. And like, I'm going to go through, I'm going to listen. I'm going to start listening regularly to your podcast. And you know what? I'm going to keep plugging it for you as well.
0: And I can't wait <laughs> for you to come on Yes. Ah, oh, let's organise it now. All right. I love you. Listen to this. I love you. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to the Fight Back Podcast. Please give me a like on YouTube, leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you to Nari for the beautiful song Shape Me, which is heard at the beginning and the end of this episode. Nari wrote this song about Shape Your Life, which is a boxing program for self-identified female survivors of violence in Canada. She wrote this song using the words and experiences shared by participants with Kathy Van Ingen, and And you can find out more about shape your life in my interview with Kathy, with Kathy, um, in episode eight of the fight back podcast. And of course you can hear more of Nari's work by going to her Instagram at Nari the saga. See you next time. You
3: need to know that nobody shapes me. I don't got to tell you what my name is, I don't got to explain it. Walk in the room, hear a boom erupting like I'm famous. I'm here shedding shells, I'm shameless. I fear nothing, no complacence. Walk to many tight ropes with no hope, so I became this. Poster, they hold over all the heads of trauma holders. You don't need to know my history, I move boulders. Atlas shrug, cause I lifted the weight above his shoulders. No pretense of defense, move first like chess soldiers. This goes deeper than empowerment, cause... I'm the one that power it, physical meets mental, challenge me to keep devouring, if I can't change the scenery at least I change perspectives, no longer isolated but elevated and selective, darkest places become beautiful spaces, this is where rage meets patience, meets power meets gracious meets we're so glad you came in the feeling is contagious when you the walking impact of intended bad intentions when you the manifesting of collecting all they tensions you the soul and body hold it all and still remember but i'm a work in progress testament to all contenders forgot what it was like to have control over self forgot what it was like to be the one in charge forgot in my reflection i could see all my wealth forgot that with my bare hands i break all these bars barriers and obstacles they can't cage me they can't Chronicle. All my experiences and reduce them to appearances. When I was truly beaten, gave myself clearances to fall down, mess up, and get myself back up. I'm not looking for clovers because I don't believe in luck. Damn, you were badass. I heard them say it clearly. Why, thank you very much. I know now I'm not weary of what's next for me. Because I expect to see growth like I was planted, watered, fed, and bloomed to be. The positivity and accountability. Knowing they won't step up if I'm the agent of my agency. I think I found my voice again, huh? think i found my voice again, huh? I'm not sorry, I'm not sorry, you're the end where I begin. Boundaries, I know them well. Take a breath and meditate. Who is she? I know her well. Now I get to open gates. One, two, one, two. I don't need your permission. And if you get uncomfortable, then use your intuition to know that I won't stay where respect is ever missing. And everything I do, that's me making decisions. It's truly underrated. The value of self-worth. Forgot that I was rich from the moment of my birth. A penny from my thoughts, no really You can't afford it You cannot buy my story Rewrite it whole record it You cannot buy my story Rewrite it whole record it Huh